This week on Not Sauce for Work, Terry Tam is co-hosting Eagle is in his nest and producing. We discuss the upcoming NFL playoff weekend, LeBron's failings as cloaked general manager, and Darren Ravel sarcastically apologizes for being white. We will get into all these topics and more on this episode of Not Sauce for Work on the Hot Sauce Sports Podcast Network. Welcome everyone when you were listening to perhaps watching Not Sauce for Work. I'm your host, Pete Delores. Joining me uh, is, as I mentioned, Terry Tam and the Eagle on Master Control. Um, yeah, so there's something that, Terry, you want to bring up something to start the show. Um, uh, yeah, well, Eagle. I don't have the, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to react to this live because I don't have the context other than Eagle's 48-second briefing before the show. So... And like, what's her name? Julie Snyder? Is that her name? Yeah, she's the former wife of Pierre Calpelado, the Videotron, uh, I guess, executive. Flash. Isn't he like CEO? Or? Yeah, CEO. Plus, at one point, he was running the Parti Québécois in Quebec, lost that as a politician. Yeah. They got separated, et cetera, et cetera. Before that, she was a big like pop star host show. Like, think of like a, a Regis Philbin type type of thing, but the Quebec version. Kind of like that. And, and, a, and a female. And a female, yes. Yeah. <laughs> So she had a special event on a public television station where I think it's her, she brought her kids onto the set in front of a studio audience and basically discussed vaccines with them on public Crazy. TV, something to that extent, which you could argue was basically government-issued propaganda, question mark? It's, it was um, the most pathetic... Um, excuse. I'm trying to look for the video so I can send it to you. Um, there was the most expe- pathetic excuse of propaganda I've ever seen in my life. So it's basically Julie Snyder sitting in her little circle because apparently sitting in a circle means that you can't get coronavirus. Then she has these yeah. two minors, 10 years old at, ma- at most, at most 10 years old, sitting there talking about how everybody who isn't vaccinated should be paying taxes. They should lose their rights. They should these kids saying this, kids, that they little by little they should lose all their rights until they finally do the vaccination. And then um, they should say, well, the other one said they should get jail time. This is kids talking like this because well, somebody doesn't could, want to put something into their body. It, it, could, it could only be kids in my mind to say things like that because um, children they repeat everything don't their know parents better. Say. And they exactly they re- repeat what their parents say. What's bothersome to me is parents saying these things. Um, th- so the the messenger here doesn't surprise me because if you go to François Legault, uh, our, our premier's uh, Instagram page, anytime he imposes a draconian measure, that is not based in science. That is entirely um, a, a, mode, uh, a motive of, uh, that, sorry, entirely motivated by politics. All of those moves are basically panned by everyone except for middle-aged white Karens. Um, <laughs> they are his entire voting clientele, as far as I can tell. Um, Speaking of carrots. Go ahead. Carrot cake and Oreo. What the fuck are you doing, man? No, Karen is what I said. Oh. 
Well, carrot cake is okay. Wait, wait. No, this is I thought you said cake. they're as plain as carrots. Like I thought, I, I thought you were saying that. No, no, no. they are carrots. They are, they're <laughs> like what we saw during the pandemic is carrots, carrots. Um, no, the, the carrot cake Oreo thing is because I love Oreos and I love me some carrot cake, and I was like, there's a good chance this is awesome. It just, it's just a like a cinnamon cookie with. With Oreo cream in the middle. Not good. No, there's no yeah. cinnamon that tastes like carrot. I'm sorry. And I'm not mixing. Yeah. If I'm eating Oreo, carrot to me is like a healthy thing. You don't eat asparagus and fudgios. There's what? nothing healthy like carrot cake. I mean, there's carrot carrots in it. Like, it, it, it's, it's a slice of diabetes. But there's um, carrots in it. Yeah, that doesn't help. I mean, so maybe maybe, maybe literally carrot singular like one in the entire fucking thing. And even that's probably too much. <laughs> Yeah, because it doesn't like what. What is a carrot cake? Like carrot cake doesn't taste like. It's carrots. like little shredded carrot like sugar. It yeah, if I'm tasting a key lime pie, like I know it tastes like a lime. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but you wouldn't say the lime and the key lime makes it healthy. Exactly. So like, yeah. when people eat carrot cake, from they'll be like, oh yeah, give me a, a carrot muffin, carrot muffin from Tim Hortons. That's not healthy. Yeah. It's still full of butter. So if you, I'd rather get the explosion, the one with all the fruits coming out of it. And, and a muffin, a muffin is basically a baked donut, right? Yeah. So like, who are you fooling? Who are you fooling? Yeah. And do you eat like I mean, this is a Seinfeld reference, but do you eat the bottom of the muffin? I um I remove the two parts. I eat the bottom first because I know I like it less, and then I eat the top. I'm exactly the same way. You know what I used to do when I was a kid? You know, like those little snacks with the cheese and the and the like the Ritz cracker snacks there. Yeah. I used to I used to um take all of the cheese and put them in between two crackers and the other two crackers oh, can go fuck sandwiches. yeah that's pretty and the other two crackers they can suck my asshole i'm yeah. not touching i need I two crackers and all those, the cheese i would eat those two crackers first and then eat the cheese sandwich if i was eating see the thing is is that i i would do that like with the fudge i used to do that with fudgios fudgios i would eat all of them until like two, sorry not fudgios Getting feedback. I'm sorry, not Fudgeos. I meant um, Dunkaroos. Remember those Dunkaroos? Eagle, I know you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You annihilated Dunkaroos, guaranteed. Yeah, thousand percent. Thousand percent. In fact, like, I would try to sneak like, them when I got yeah, home. Especially, I like the, uh, not the Oreo flavor ones. It was like vanilla with the little chocolates in it. Right? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Those, those are the ones I'm I didn't talking like about. The so, like, I didn't like the rainbow sparkle ones. I like the little like vanilla with the chocolate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So like I would have like the I would eat like a few of them just plain because they're still good. And then the rest, I would take all the sugar, all like the icing, slap it into the big part with all the other cookies and eat it like a cereal. Yeah, that's because uh, because I'm a fat kid. I well, listen, I'm I was just as guilty. I used to sneak them like I was only allowed to have my lunch. But like if I can sneak them before dinner, I would do it every time. Every time I could. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I would do it. The, the, but going back to what was it? Sorry, it's, it's Julie Snyder, right? Yeah. So she is not as was. delicious as a fudgy. I will say that as a dunker. No. Um. So I'm at a point now. Um. I we've talked about this a lot in the show, and uh, people who follow know our stance and, and my stance specifically. I'm vaccinated. I think it's the way to go. Uh. At the same time, um. That doesn't mean I support the government's uh. The government's uh mandates um specifically this time around it feels pretty gratuitous and, um, something's happening sorry something happened with your audio there i don't know what the fuck it sounded like you were like you were a dementor are you good now you're good now oh i am no <laughs> longer dementor. that's good to hear that's good to hear um so essentially we've reached 90 percent vaccination 
uh, in Quebec. That is elite. There are most of the countries in the world have not reached that that level of vaccination. We're never going to get to 100 percent. At this point, we need to start holding the government accountable because, hey, we did our part. It's not our fault. There's only 200. Uh, sorry, there's only a thousand um, ICU beds in a, for a population of 8.6 million people. It's not our what? fault that you delayed. Uh, you delayed approving the home test. It's not our fault that you delayed the, the the booster shot that you said was the key to success. So, like at this point, it's we need to hold our government up, uh, responsible because we did our part. We got vaccinated to a 90 percent degree. There are people who have their doubts. That's fine. Um, if you don't agree with those people who have their doubts, that's also okay. That's uh, the nature of free society. Uh, I am one of those people who don't agree with those people. At the same time, we're never going to reach 100%. And our government, who's a, who are elected officials, need to hold responsibility. The thing is, is that when you when you live in a honestly borderline com- like socialist area, like uh, province, like we're like what the way Quebec is acting right now is so close to socialism, it's nuts. Okay, and the bad in the bad way, not in the good ways, because there are plenty. Of, I mean, plenty. There's a few good things about socialism, but now yeah, we're well, getting the key to- is that it never works. Is the first exactly one. that's one yeah. thing. Name, show me the country that socialism works in. Oh, yeah. You can't. Um, there's a reason why Cubans, every Cuban in Florida voted for Trump. There's there's a reason why. Well, they did that. yeah, but there's reasons that aren't related to much that happened in the last election. But it's okay. No, but no, no sorry. There's a reason why they were pro-Trump, and that's more yeah. because they know what it's like to live in a socialist country, and they don't want to be that. And he was anti-socialism. No, but they, that's they why vote, they like. They voted, they voted Republican since the '70s because they associate the Democrats, no matter what they do, to socialism. Exactly. So but exactly. So. Cuban thing. No, but Trump's um, approval rating with uh, with uh, the bad hombres was yeah. unbelievable. It was through the roof. Through the, it was the most that it any was, candidate. It ever was seen. one of the segments where he had the most growth was in that community. Exactly, um, for sure. Exactly, but, and, but and that's so, why and that's why Florida is doing what they're doing now. They have like over seventy thousand cases, which is nuts. But still, yeah. you know, at least they're living. And and now and now, uh, I mean, we're turning this to a political podcast. But now in Britain, they just took off all mandates and all that stuff. So we're gonna see what happens there. But if they there needs to be a change in this province because it doesn't make fu- any fucking sense. Uh, so I'm not, I, can't, I'm not I, can't, I can't go buy weed without a third shot. I I I don't I I understand. Um, there's a lot of this that I understand. Like for example, like to me to wear a mask to because it makes someone else comfortable is not the end of the world. I don't care. Yeah, I'm okay. It affects with that. my life zero percent. I'll put it on. Um, in fact, I, I I told you guys I took a flight recently and I wore a mask and I was like it wasn't that bad. And for the first time ever, I didn't get sick on a plane, so that's awesome. Um. But then the part of this that, that struck me was in all of the most recent uh, things that we're hearing from our government, it feels as though the enemy is no longer the virus. The enemy has become the unvaccinated. And that yeah. can't be the case. The, no. the enemy has to always be the thing that has killed people, which is the virus. That's where we should be fighting. That's where all of our efforts should be focused, not on fighting the people who have cho- chosen not to be vaccinated. And now let's look at how many people it's actually killing, and then we make our decision from there. Yeah, for sure. Right? I mean, that's what we have to do. But on yeah, with the show. That was our political me, corner the of the week. That, that, even, that, that goes too far. To me, the, yeah. again, Let's look at who our villain is. The villain is the virus, period. <laughs> Let's beat it's that guy. Other people. It's never been other people. I feel like the only way um, to solve this yeah. debate is to bring children on to talk about it. Yeah, that's yeah, a good way. Let's, uh, let's ask My neighbor has a two-year-old. Let me go ask him. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, well, that's it. We have a lot to get to, so it's time we get to the news.
Ah, Terry, it's the news. Is it? Um, it is. Uh, we we passed the super wild card weekend. Is it super yeah. divisional round or is it just a divisional round? No, it's just a divisional round. There's no super. It was just a single round that was super since we can't call the final game super either. What I want to know is why Eagle decided to start editing the video like while we're recording. This is all behind the scenes oh. shit, you fucking idiot. Ah, okay, okay. All right, cool. So this is why I'm going to say, this is why I usually don't show you this screen. I just put it on the big one so you can't see anything. <laughs> it, looked, cause um, it looks exactly like the one from the first live show we did a couple weeks ago. Eagle, why are you doing your job during the time? <laughs> yeah, I know. I should job. be playing Pokemon fuck, instead. Man. Fuck. What am I doing? Yeah, exactly. The fuck? Um, Talk so about consistency. Last weekend uh, gave us a bunch of games that were largely duds. Um, more narrative than substance in a sense. Uh, other than two games that came down at the last play, this weekend I stopped looking at it. And... It did. Dude, you went the you went the mentor again. That... I went the mentor again. <laughs> Am I still the mentor? No, you're good now. It was really weird. No, you're good. I'm good now. Really weird. I'm fine. I, I don't know my... what to do. But I hear myself. I hear myself in the background. No, oh, that's really that's super weird. I can try lowering my speaker and moving the mic. Okay. Um, so. Last week gave us some um, some duds, but this week I look across the board. All the games seem interesting, but every year I don't give enough weight to the teams that had the week off. The difference that makes. I remember hearing an expatriate, let's say Mike Vrabel, maybe uh, maybe Teddy Bruschi. It was one of those like one of those linebackers for the for the uh, Patriots. Uh, the the, the, the average over sensationalized linebackers that maybe exactly, would have exactly guys maybe would have been an all star in the CFL. Guys who were solid who happened to have Tom Brady as a quarterback. Yeah, um, guys who were solid who happened to just catch touchdowns for no reason, and yeah. then they're made they're made to be it seem like they're the best players in the history of football. Yeah, but one of those dudes said at one point that the key difference between the Patriots and other teams was they for twenty years had never had to play a wild card game. And that gave him a huge advantage just like just from an odds perspective because you have one less game to lose, right? Uh, I don't – I mean, yeah. There, to get to the Super Bowl. There is, but, that, but I feel like it, it's 100% true. I mean, if I have to win three games instead of four to win something, then I'll take it, right? But, plus, three, plus, plus four in a row, right? Exactly, yeah. There's that. But also – and if you're playing in those wild card rounds, chances are you're going to play a couple home, uh, away games. You know what I mean? So you're not – you don't have home field advantage. So like the Titans finishing first – uh, sorry, well, they're first in the conference, right? Yeah, first, yeah. It's weird. It's weird to say, yeah. Weird because they're the, probably the worst number one seed I've ever seen in my life. And according to Stephen Zhang, they agree. And um, I just don't – it can be – it can also be – uh, a bad thing because you have too long. It's like you kind of like rust. You, you get rusty. I feel like if you have too much time to prepare, you might overthink, overanalyze, maybe get complacent, maybe not be as like the fire's not there. And we see it a lot where like number one teams come out and they lose their first their their first week, their first game in the divisional round because you know the other team's fresh. You know they they just came off a game. They're still on the road. You know they're hype. Like if you talk about the Bills. Um, Oh, sorry, who, who had a tight game? Like, let's say the Niners right now. The Niners are going to play the Packers. I think the Niners have the advantage. In this no, game. I don't no, think so at all. I think, I think, I think we're, we're overreacting to what we just saw because it was awesome. And I don't think the Niners even played that well. I, I think that they have the advantage because they're fresher. But they're going so to I, be I, I think, But they're going to be more banged up. They're going to be more tired. You have a, you have a fresh Packers team with a better quarterback. 
that then never loses yeah. in the NFL. That, that, arguably, that, arguably. that script never goes against the Packers. And Terry, you got to remember, everyone Listen. played an additional game this season, right? So whatever your body That's wear is, it's body wear plus one. And then they have to play the wildcard game. Meanwhile, everyone else, Devontae Adams included, are sitting in a hot tub somewhere trying to not catch COVID, right? I mean, that's really what's going on. I just I just have – I just don't like the bye weeks. I just don't like that a team gets a bye into the playoffs. You get first place, home field advantage, all that shit. But the bye week, I mean, it gives you a week to rest. But I, it might – it's – unless you're the New England Patriots where you prepare extremely well – it's not to your advantage. But That's then the way all, I all you I do know. then is you wrong. move it into an eight-team playoffs, and four games in each conference are complete garbage games, right? Because you're going to get one seven, I, one no, eight, not, and two seven seeds are going to be blowouts, hundred percent. Terry, there's no way. No, not garbage yeah. games. Who who would who would have been the eighth seed in the AFC this year? Oh, uh, the Chargers. You don't think the Chargers have a good chance against no. the Titans? Are you fucked? The Titans aren't good. I mean, look, without the, Derrick Henry, they're not good. Now he's back. Well, the, but so, like, here, here's the but thing. But he wouldn't have been back last week. But they, they played half the season without him and still got the first seed. What was the record? 10 and... No. Uh, 12. They had yeah, 12, 12 and something, I think. Hold on. Let me wins, for... Okay. They also have six bye weeks playing... Well, yeah, six. Four bye weeks playing against the Texans. Texans and the Jaguars. They, you know what I mean? They have four gimmies, basically. So yes, but like that's I mean, not their fault. Like it's not their fault. No, it's not their fault. I'm not penalizing them. No, I mean, yeah, listen, the Cowboys have an entire division of gimmies. Listen, you're not getting any arguments out of me. <laughs> you're not. I think those two divisions that's a good are point, actually, Eagle. yeah. <laughs> you're not the getting Bill, any arguments. The Bills had the Jets and Dolphins. I think the Titans are like the sixth best team in this in this in this playoff. Falcons, Packers, Rams. I think I think it's you're doing literally the thing I'm saying I do every year that I forget how physical the game is and how important it is to have a week off. Packers, Rams. Bengals, okay. Chiefs, Bills, okay. right there. I didn't even think about the rest of the, the rest. Bucks. I'll throw in the Cowboys there. I'll throw in the Bengals. I already said the Bengals. I'll throw in the Raiders are and the Titans are to me they're even, like the way they've been playing through the, lately. I that's the way. I, I that's just the way I see it. I don't know. I I, I know I'm crazy okay. and I have, have You're ignoring weird the thing thoughts, saying, which is the week off is a huge advantage. So. If they would have played last week, yeah, they'd probably get upset. But having the whole week off and everyone is completely fresh where the other team is banged up, it's like it's like you're a boxer and you're you're fighting a guy who's already fought four rounds and you're yeah. just stepping into the ring. Yeah. Where that's the a Chiefs big, that's a big advantage. Where the Chiefs the Chiefs were the second seed, so they played they would have played technically the Chargers would have been the seventh seed, if I think about it that way. No. No. Because of no, if impossible. If they were the seed, they would have made the playoffs. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, impossible. Yeah, I was thinking about it in terms of um, because uh, yeah, strength of schedule, strength of schedule. Yeah. Because they weren't they weren't tied. They ended up losing the last game. If they tied, they would have been in, right? Because the because uh, the Steelers tied, the Steelers would, had a tie. Tied, it would have been the Steelers that were out, and the Steelers would have been eighth. Because the Steelers had a tie, so they would have had the same record. The Steelers got in because they had a better record, not because of the strength of schedule. So I think that if the Chargers had went in, Chargers would have been seventh with the with the strength of schedule, obviously. Uh, strength of schedule. Well, no, 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 but you're, you're changing. Your, so you're saying if the, if the last game was a tie, I'm just saying if it was eight teams. I know, but I'm saying... You don't I'm saying the results today. I'm, I'm saying eight teams also. I'm saying eight teams, but you... Um, but if there's you eight teams, to, they lost the last game. It doesn't matter. They're in. I'm saying where are they going to be ranked? Seventh Correct. or eighth? They're still eighth. Because they're eighth now. No, because if they got no, because they if they had you're, if they had, the last, you're changing the results no, of the last no, game. No. I don't know why. <laughs> Eagle, help me out here. How, how does how does eighth become seven 
even though they lost the last game. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying if they had tied, if they had tied. Why are you it, changing the last result? I'm just saying, hypothetically. I don't understand what you're saying. Let me finish a thought. I'm saying, hypothetically, I think the Chargers could have beaten the Chiefs or the Titans. So but we already if, made the hypothetical by saying eight teams. Okay, fine. You so really hypo- hypothetically, no hypothetically, in the AFC, I see two upsets right there. From one to eight or two to seven. I, I see, definitely see two upsets there. It wasn't even an upset this week. Because of the way it, the cards l- fell. No, the top teams are just better, period. Yeah, they're I mean, obvious, they're obviously better, but the Titans are not. The Titans are not. Like, if I look at the Titans three weeks ago, we're not looking at the Titans the same way. They won two games at the end of the season that put them in this upper upper uh, upper caliber of a team. Like we think that they're they're good. You know just as as well as I do that Ryan Tannehill is gonna fuck this up somehow. They're not they're not a good they're not the uh, they're they're fake. They're they're pretenders. They're pretenders. They're not contenders. The is, but pretenders. here's the thing: even if they're not one of the best teams, they have a tremendous advantage that they're fresh, and uh, when they go up to fa- when they play the Bengals. The Bengals will have come off this emotional game and guys that got banged up and so on and so forth where they don't have that issue. They're getting you say advantage. They're getting Henry. They're getting you say advantage. Johnson. I say crutch. I say handicap. I say wheelchair. That's what I say. So they're not there's pressured. No, there's no advantage for the Titans, the Tennessee Titans, being led by Ryan Tannehill. There is no advantage to them resting another week. The only advantage they have is that Derrick Henry's back and he had another week to that's recover. The, that's the biggest advantage in the NFL. So now all you have to do all you have to do is account for that guy, and the game's over. So nobody's done that before. Is account for Derrick Henry? No, in the regular season, we're talking about playoffs here. The Bengals are fresh. I'm going heavy on the Bengals this week. He- All right. Heavy. So he- how's how's your camping been recently? Fifty-fifty. Yeah, let's go for Terry <laughs> I was good. No, I was good last week. I was good last week. I went like eight for ten last week. Whatever my. Oh, I my think. Look, week. I think you you may have a case just because I don't think the Titans are great. I still think the Titans have a better chance of winning this week than they would have had last week because they get Derrick Henry back, because they're healthier, because they're fresher. Um, it's a huge advantage in the NFL. For sure. It's fucking Derrick Henry. Nobody's, nobody's seen a talent like that guy in so many years. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And obviously. the guys he's hitting are already tired. Um, yeah. the, the Bucks lose two linemen, and they're heading into this week. I think that's going to have a bigger impact than uh, people are making it out to be. Tom Brady is the quarterback who gets rid of the ball the fastest in the NFL. Um, if he if if he has to hold on to it, then um, that's where you might see all that fall apart for the the Buccaneers. Yeah, listen, with Bucks too, man. I'm not completely sold in the Bucks, but there's always the Brady factor, right? So it's like, yeah, th- these are these are huge. Like even if um, like last week when when Worfs went down mm-hmm. and he went back into the game. And his first play, he got annihilated, and Tom Brady got sacked. Yeah, I instantly tweeted, "I'm like, why is Worf still in the game? It makes no sense." But you can tell that they would rather him than their backup option. You know what I mean? To finish the game that they were winning. So well, I, I think as soon as Worf got hurt, they should have pulled Brady and Worf's. Exactly. That way, yeah, Brady just, can't get hurt no matter how bad the backup is. Blaine Gabbard's been doing this with shitty offensive linemen for years. Let him. He's the expert in this area. Yeah, Tom Brady. You haven't had this luxury. Okay. So step back. Let Blaine Gabbard show you how it's done. Okay, and then we can then we'll go on with the game. But like, yeah, because it's, it's not the same Bucks team we signed up for at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Like Fournette, is he playing? I don't know what's going on with him. Fournette um, may not play. I saw an IR designation, but apparently he's not on IR, so I don't know. 
Um, it's fucking NFL, man. It's so stupid. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble following they, the playoff designations, to be honest. They take advantage of the post-fantasy season to start fucking with everything. Exactly. Well, that's it. It's because yeah. it's not fantasy anymore. They they just... But, like, like, yo, it's a lot of daily players. <laughs> upper body injury. Go fuck yourself. Upper body injury is thumb. So he might not play, but then on top of that, obviously, Antonio Brown is out, and, and as is Chris Godwin. Um, and, like, we saw... We saw last week just how how the, the offense doesn't look the same without him, right? Like a couple times, Troy Aikman put the blame on Brady, but it was Ty Johnson not being in the right Well, place. I mean, can I just say, you know, I've watched Rodgers for years. You don't need a full set of receivers. You need one guy, and you win games. So if Brady <laughs> yeah, exactly. can't do it, is he really the GOAT? Yeah, exactly. True, you just need, just need toss, toss it up to one guy, and you'll be fine. One guy. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see how that one plays out. The um, to me, the the game I'm most excited for is Bills Chiefs because the Bills look much better when they let Josh Allen do all the Josh Allen things when they actually let him run. And now this playoffs, they're not worried about him getting hurt. Um, they're turning him loose, and he just looks free. It's it's um, uh, if violence was an oil painting, that's what Josh Allen would be. If violence was an oil painting, that's what yeah. Josh Allen would be. He's, he's a beautiful violence. He's a beautiful violence. That's, that's how he described his play. Like, like it's graceful, right? Like, he's a great athlete, but he's also so powerful. Like, he's running he's so over dudes smooth. like he's Cam Newton, but he's also got this, like, grace about him, you know? Yeah, he, when he runs, he's just so smooth with it. Like, he, yeah, it just seems like it. every move, there's no, like, juke. There's no, like, uh, stop and explosion. It's just, it's it flows. It flows. And he he's just impressive to watch. Definitely, last week was his coming out show. I think that I don't think we anybody appreciated Josh Allen until last week's game. He he's uh, they like didn't appreciate a, him as much as they should appreciate him. He's like a swan made of bowling balls. Like that's what I see when I see him. Swan made of bowling balls. Yeah, because again, elegant, graceful, smooth. But my God, when he runs into you, that's a big dude. That's well, a like big, big dude. I just found out about his story, how he didn't get a D1 offer until he emailed like every school in the country with a yeah. very basic email. And Wyoming is like, all right, cool. We'll just take you. Wyoming is like, we're Wyoming. Sure. Yeah. Are you down? You said you're from California. I mean, we're in Wyoming. He's like, yeah, fuck it. But that's the type of guy Josh Allen is, you know? Yeah. First round pick after. Josh Allen, man. I'm a big, the, fan, um, big fan. The, the other story he's, that he's Ben. He's, he's Big Ben. He's Big Ben, I think. Well, if Big Ben was more athletic, even no, but like Big Ben early on was well, he, no, he wasn't, wasn't he wasn't fast. He was he was no no, but he was able was, to move. He could move a little bit, which is funny yeah. now because I don't even think he can get up and go to his fridge. Oh my! I mean, he is a fridge. <laughs> he doesn't even need to go. He just <laughs> opens himself up and drinks the beer that's already yeah. inside him. Um, but yeah, the the the, the game the game the th- sorry another game but the thing that caught my my attention uh, this week was. Firstly, the way this all came to light was Magic Johnson putting out a tweet criticizing um, the Lakers for uh, what they're doing is unacceptable and they're not putting in the work, which is funny for a guy who literally quit as GM of the team. You're <laughs> calling them out for quitting while you quit. You actually quit your job while working for the team. Yeah, man. Um, like, like, why are you quitting? Where are you now? Well, I'm at home. Why? I quit. Because I quit. <laughs> but like this is, fucking team is a joke, man. This team is I I, I watched um I don't know you know what show JJ Reddick is on. Is he on part of my take? Uh, part of my take, uh, first take? I I don't know. JJ Reddick went on a rant about the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And he is JJ Reddick is 
spot on most of the time. AJ Reddick, JJ Reddick, Ryan Clark, like those two guys are like my two favorite guys in each of those sports to follow right now mm-hmm. because but they're both former players, both highly respected players. They're articulate. They both know how to speak well. They they have excellent points and they come from an area of fact. And now JJ Reddick ripped the Lakers saying how I have friends on this team. I have friends that I'm still friends with to this day. And this team is a joke, basically. Like, they're too old. They're all past their prime. He's saying this about his boys. Like, he's like, they're all past their prime. They can't compete anymore. It's like, they just blew a lead to the to my Pacers. Lavert got 30, 22 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Would that have happened in, an, in, a, in a LeBron-dominant era? No, that would never happen. No I, would, what I, would, I would think that the, the problem here is that um, LeBron's dominance off the court got the best of the team. This is the team he built. If you remember, mm-hmm. they had a trade set up for Buddy Heald, which I was telling Alex, the intern, who is a uh, Lakers fan, yes, I was telling him, hey, Buddy Heald's a great piece for them. And then instead, they ended up getting Westbrook. And I was like, oh, that's not going to work. And it's not working. Because like the, he's at this point, Westbrook is not as good as he was. And he was always kind of like, um, a less good version of what LeBron does, who passes less. Um, this is he is he is what Allen Iverson aged into being late in his career. Just a guy who's inefficient, who can't really shoot, who yeah. puts up bad shots, whose athleticism can't bail him out the way it used to. Um, and then like guys like Melo and and all this, and I I don't even know how you fix it because how do you trade Westbrook? Like for what? What, what do you get in return? Who wants him? Who would he take Westbrook right now? Of NBA. Like, like he's either going to go to a team that absolutely just needs to sell a jersey of somebody, which that doesn't really like exist who? anymore. Like who? The Kings? The maybe. Pistons? The Pistons, maybe? Uh, who do the Pistons have? Who's the, who's the best player on the Pistons? Is it Grant? Like, who is it? Uh, Yeah, Jeremy Grant's a good one. And I don't uh, even know him that well. I just know his name. Oh, he's I'm good. He's solid. But no, but he has to be good. Know, well, they, know got, they got Pete Cunningham, the first overall pick. Okay, there you go. So, I mean, listen, Detroit is a good spot for for Westbrook, I think. I really do think that it's a good spot for Westbrook. Yeah, but then what's, what are the Lakers getting back? They can't. That's, that's another thing that J.J. Redick was saying. He's like, what can they trade away to get better? They can't. They can't. I, they, they don't have any first-round picks in 2000, until 2027. The, 27. The only, the, only thing, the only thing I could see working is if they make a trade that doesn't help them in the short term. And I, I'll, I'll say the name right here. Uh, ben Simmons is the only other name because no, that's another piece that's hard to move. But yeah. at least you get better on defense. Like, oh, that's so that's for sure. On offense, on offense, you don't solve your problem at all because. And you maybe he'll be happier living in LA than living in fucking buttfuck Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia well, is a beautiful city. I like Philadelphia. Not being in that organization, I think, is also beneficial. Have you seen like the overhead camera views of what LA looks like now? Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's uh... that place is a cesspool of garbage. I've never, I don't know. Been a, I've never liked the city, and I, I have no intention of going back. I've been to L.A. four times, okay? I have friends that live in Irvine, in Orange County, so we would drive down to L.A., and I've been there a couple times myself. And Hollywood is the um, – it's a garbage can. It is what yeah. it is. But the, like the walk parts of fame, of the, people, people think of the Walk of Fame as, like, this great place, but it's, it's literally a dump, and it's super dangerous. It's and, an awful part of town. Yeah, it's an awful part of town, and like the only thing that's there is the Chinese theater. Yeah, other which is than nice. that, there's nothing in the area. And which is nice, kind of like street, other than the, the three theater. times a year. Yeah, yeah. Other than the other than the three times a year, 
where uh, they do like events there. There's really nothing else around there. You know what I mean? Like the Walk of Fame is nice. You walk, but I didn't even. I've never been on the Walk of Fame. I turned the corner and I and I was stepping on somebody's star, and I had I had no interest to walk through. Like it's not even like a like people used to go to the Walk of Fame because oh it's oh, you go see Donald Trump's hands all that shit, but like what's there to really do there? Nothing. The best parts about LA are the the like the the little suburbs like Venice Beach, Huntington Beach, Santa Monica. Uh, Pasadena is nice. Like these are the good parts, right? And those are in LA, but they're a little bit on the outside. When you stay in Hollywood, talk about shit, shit, eh, eh. that, and then, uh, and then there's that uh, Skid Row. I drove by Skid Row. You never want to drive by Skid Row. It's the most depressing thing you'll ever see in your life. Shout out to Pache Restaurant in Laurel Canyon it is my favorite place to eat in LA. Um, I've been to this place in Venice Beach called. Um, um, Ah, oh, fuck. It's an Italian restaurant. Anyway, there's another place called Giusta. That it's like they make like paninis and stuff. Oh my god, that was so fucking good. What was the name of that? I don't even know. But yeah, went with the boys. It was pretty good. So all this to say, I don't know what they can do with Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> Westbrook's not definitely not living in Venice Beach. Definitely. Yeah, I know. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, so is this kind of feels like two things. One is you know, the, the player, I'm 100% for player empowerment, obviously, based on all the conversations we've had. But um, this is kind of what the danger of it can be. But also, it kind of feels like LeBron reached dad mode now. Like, he's like yeah. telling, it's, it's him saying these are the best basketball players is like us telling kids, like, yo, these are the best hip hop artists of all time. Yeah, we have the best music. We okay, you know the better. Super Bowl. Come on, peas. Get with the program. <laughs> LeBron LeBron James made uh, uh, a team made of a bunch of M and M's, Dr. Dre's, Fifty Cent's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Tupac and Biggie. Like that's his team, basically. And all it's like, awesome, oh, that's all great. Also all not in the prime, right? Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like that's also all all of them are fifteen years past their last number one single. You know what I mean? So like, let's let's get realistic here. Yeah, absolutely. So that and that's but that's. That's a good analysis for both of you guys. Like that's that's exactly what that feels like. Um, the the other thing that came up this week, um, obviously this week was Martin Luther King week. Um, of course, uh, weird poll saying that twenty five percent of Americans think there shouldn't be a Martin Luther King Day. That made me feel kind of gross. There's um, literally there's literally a, a, a like a hot dog day. There's 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 yeah. there's a date how, for everything. How can that be more important to you than Martin Luther King Day? But anyway, there's like 1,500 oh. days of like, give give Martin Luther King one day. You know what I mean? Just one. Yeah, I think he'll be okay with that. Yeah. Kind of an important f- figure in uh, in. Yeah, you know, he did a, his, let's just say human he, history. He let's did a few th- he did a few things for for a specific race. So a few things that may or may not have saved potentially thousands of lives. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and costed his own along the way. By the way, exactly. There you um, go. But yeah, so so um, Darren Vell put up a series of tweets. Uh, you know, the thing, I had a hard time understanding why people gave Ravel a hard time until I started following Ravel and then hit unfollow. Because it's true, he makes everything about himself, including Martin Luther King Day. And then um, after he got some backlash and people calling him racist and so on and so forth, he jumps onto Twitter spaces to defend himself. I want to I want to list the defenses one at a time, Terry, and I want you to tell me which ones are the best. And also, okay, let's cool. like let's weigh them in. Wait, um, I have a question. As, was like, it his own? Or was it his own uh, Twitter space? No, he jumped on someone. It was like a Miami. There you uh, go. Even better. Like Even like that. E- oh, because it was uh, uh was it was it Big Daddy Kane? It I think uh, 
not Big Daddy Kane. Uh, what's this called? Danny Boy Kane. Danny Boy Kane. He's like oh. the, the Miami Hurricanes, like super fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it might have been. It might have been. I'm not sure. But he jumped on there. And so the first thing he said to defend himself was um, that he had over nine pieces of memorabilia of Martin Luther King. It's very specific. Well, also weirdly not specific. Is, is it 10? Because 10 seems like yeah. a more normal number to say. Do you imagine not <laughs> counting at nine? You're like, no, I've counted till nine. It's enough counting. Okay, I'm going to let you list them off. I'm going to write them down as you go. I'm going to write over nine. So you can go and then I'll give you which ones I think is the best and which one I think is the worst. Over nine. No, 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 I'm not saying he had, he had over nine defenses. I'm saying he, his defenses, he had over nine pieces of memorabilia. No, that's what I'm saying. So tell me more of his defenses. Okay. Then Now, one of the pieces of memorabilia was... Um, and, and this is the one he posted on Twitter. It's a, he showed it like on like a little video and it's a logbook from prison from when Martin Luther King was imprisoned. Um, kind of mixed messaging in my opinion. That was, that was another one. Yeah. Um, That's he also disgusting. said he had a give, Rosa give Parks. Give that to his family. He's had a, a signed Rosa Parks NAACP card, which <laughs> is like, I mean, <laughs> You have the Rosa Parks rookie card, bro. That's that's. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. When you're like, and it's the when you're like, he has a signed Rosa Parks. I'm like, uh, Opeachy? Like, what are we talking here? Are we talking yeah. Opeachy? Are we talking Upper Deck? What are, we, what are we? Yeah. What are we doing here? It's it's like it's a special edition, like one in sixteen Rosa Parks. <laughs> it's an NFT. Yeah, it's an NFT. Of Rosa Darren Ravel. Darren Ravel managed the NFT Rosa Parks NAACP card. Um, and then. <laughs> And then he capped it off, Terry, with um, sorry for being white. <laughs> okay, so that's definitely the most ridiculous. But it's, so, it all comes down to a version of I can't be racist, I have a black friend, right? Like, we learned 20 years ago that that's, that's not a way to defend yourself. It's or, almost the same thing as saying this. you can't be racist towards white people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's but you totally can be. Yeah, you can be racist towards anybody. Yeah. I'll I can be racist right towards Eagle, guys with glasses. like milk. Yeah, it's not even whole, good. Like you're so white, we've talked about this in the past. Pease doesn't actually like have disses. He just makes observations with a <laughs> yeah, little yeah. bit of twist on them. <laughs> yeah, it's like Eagle, you it's like sugar. Show. You like Pe- sugar, therefore you crash. Pease, you sound like a dementor sometimes, occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. You may or may not mumble a word here and there. Ha, ah, gotcha. Boom That's roasted. Mil- <laughs> Eagle, you look like milk. Boom roasted. <laughs> so so there we go you have all you have the four all right, so, that okay. I delineated so definitely apologizing for being white is probably the dumbest thing he's ever said um, I want to say the MLK logbook and also didn't he refuse to like donate them yeah he also refused to donate them to the Smithsonian he was yeah. trying to um, to like rent them to the Smithsonian because you can do that. You can rent. Yeah, you, uh, you make money off it, right? It's a tax write off and all that shit. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a, a lot of people do that. It's a business thing, so I'm not gonna really hate on him for that. But yeah, when I look, when he says, but if you're trying to make it a business, don't make it about how you're a good person. Yeah, and also don't go on Twitter Spaces and brag about these things. Uh, so the MLK logbook, I think, is the most disgusting one because you're literally benefiting from the person from 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 somebody's uh, memoirs from when he was not free. When he was the, doing the thing that he was fighting against, he was free. He wasn't. He he was locked in because he used to speak out about how black people were uh, oppressed and all these things. And he has the balls as a as a, an apologetically white man. Okay, 
Well, sarcastically ap- apologetically. <laughs> sarcastically apologetic white man. How? Uh, and he has the balls to keep this logbook and not give it back to his the MLK's family estate, whatever he whatever he can do. Uh, the nine pieces of memorabilia. That to, to me, that's whatever you own memorabilia. He's a piece of memory, American history, MLK. I'm not a Darren Ravel. I don't think he's a racist in any way. Uh, so he's a piece of he's a piece of um, it's a piece of history of American American history, and it's and it's it's fantastic. Whoever has it should cherish it. But you sh- this should be available for everybody to see. Yeah. And the reason for that is you want to spread the message of this person instead of locking it into your shitty basement in New York City and then not doing anything with it and then trying to rent it out to museums and making a fucking dollar off of somebody's oppression, basically. I had someone um, offer me some advice once, maybe 10, 15 years ago, who said, um, you don't need to defend yourself about not being racist. Yeah. If you're not racist, just continue to not be so. And if you're an ally, just continue to be an ally. And that's all it takes. And so, like, honestly, it just got so much worse by defending himself. We we all know this. Um, but and and in itself, the thing that people are make, truly, truly making fun of uh, is that Darren Vell made Martin Luther King Day about himself and then, in apologizing, made Martin Luther King about himself. Loser. <laughs> which, Loser. which is the most Loser. rebel thing of all time. Um, Eagle. I did the same thing as you, by the way. I followed him and then, like, a week later, I unfollowed him. It was too which is because I was like, I don't know why this guy's getting hate. He's just providing, like, interesting, like, comparisons and facts. Yeah, and then, also, like, I thought he, like, he was no, trying I'm not going to criticize him for trying to be funny. Like, he's just trying to be funny. Like, I try to be funny on Twitter all the time. Like, I'm not, I don't come off as an asshole like he does. Yeah. Well, because you don't make everything about yourself, right? So that's the difference. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, it's fun to make things about myself. Yeah. But I just don't, I choose not to do it because there's 7 billion people on this planet. It's true. Eagle, it's time. Before we get into rapid fire, let's not forget about a hotstreak.gg, the world's quickest daily fantasy sports game where you can do not all- in-play fantasy and hit a hot streak. Terry, can you tell our viewers about what that means? Not only is it the best uh, in-play fantasy app, it's just the best fantasy app. I mean, it's I, I'm opening it now, and you got and you got all the games going. It's it's pretty. It's it, it's sick. I like. I I love this. Everybody saw how much balance I have in there. Um, not much. I think I have like sixty bucks. Um, it's 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 unbelievable. It's unbelievable. This app. You the, how fast you can make money on such on on quick bets is crazy. You make it every one hundred eighty seconds in basketball. Every few plays in football. Um, they're getting into hockey. MLB is nice to play with too because it's every at bat basically. Yeah. Uh, and a hot streak. What they're doing for hot sauce sports listeners, for not sauce for work listeners, and Stib and Zang listeners is that they're give they're matching the, uh, your initial deposit as a bonus. So if you subscribe, you put fifty bucks and they give you fifty. They do this up to a thousand dollars. So if you have a thousand dollars of spare cash and you want to make another thousand dollars, just deposit it in there. Start making some bets and you'll get your money. Yes, you uh, hot streak hot sauce. Promo code hot sauce, of course. Hot Chick Fantasy, only available on iOS. All you Android guys, you can fuck right off. Um, iOS, Hot Chick Fantasy, promo code hot sauce. They'll match your initial deposit as a bonus. It's the best. You're welcome. All right, let's get started on our rapid fire. We got five today, boys. We're going to start with Taking the Red Eye. Fox broadcaster and former Dallas Cowboys Hall of Fame quarterback Troy Aikman criticized the Cowboys' play calling for, quote, scheming too much and not getting the ball to C.D. Lamb. I actually have the whole quote here. Uh, yeah. San Francisco rushed four guys, but for the most part, they blitzed occasionally, but they were a four-man rush football team. 
Um, you know, they're scheming a lot and everything. I'm going to skip to the specific part where he goes like, you know, this corner's playing soft. He's scared to death. Just run the route tree. Run a comeback. Run a dig route. Run a curl. Run anything. You're going to complete the pass whenever you want. Michael Irvin would have had 10 catches at halftime if they played as the way they played C.D. Lamb in that game. The game is not that difficult. If I've got a great uh, player at wide receiver and a corner is playing him single coverage, throw him the ball, he's going to win most of the time. And my only comment on this is, who would have thought Mike McCarthy would out-scheme himself out of one-on-one iso routes? That's exactly what I was thinking, Eagle. I was like, didn't didn't you do that nonstop? Isn't that part of the reason Aaron Rodgers was so mad? Is that you just made him throw iso routes to Devontae (laughs) Adams? And Jordy Jordy Nelson. And Jordy Nelson and, and everyone else who went through there. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a proponent of uh, like simplistic offenses that way because I think most defenses um, will take that away and it, it makes it harder on the quarterback. But that said, if they're giving it to you, take it. I was infuriated. Like it's not even fantasy season. It's not. I'm not infuriated. You know, but for Lamb because of like a personal reason. I'm just watching it and I'm seeing like one on one from my TV screen. I'm like. Man, like, is there a reason they're not targeting it? Like, is there a safety over top? Is there something I'm not seeing on my television screen, right? And so, then I see this quote. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit! I was able to see this from my television. How do you, how is a whole staff of coaches not able to see this on the spot? Um, that's why when you guys said that Kellen Moore is going to get a job next year, I don't think so. And I think that this is this is his coming out party about how he still has a lot to learn. He's I funny. I think he's a fantastic offensive coordinator. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think that Mike, Car- Mike McCarthy is a good coach to a certain extent. I just don't think – I think that he needs the pieces around him to to kind of kick him out of his burger-induced thoughts. You know what I mean? Like he needs to he needs to have like a fresh mind out there that's able to tell him when to call a timeout, when to call a running play, and when to send C.D. Lamb, the one of the best comeback route players I've ever seen, give him the fucking dig. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give him a 10 in. Give him something that gives – that. It, Give the ball to him, and he will make something happen. And the entire game, you saw how 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 frustrated C. Lamb was getting. He was throwing his hands up. Obviously, he was being a little bit of a prima donna, but for good reason. For good reason, because he wasn't getting the ball when he was wide open most of the time. He could have roasted every single person on that defense. Every single yeah, one of them. As soon as they lost Joey Bosa, they should have put him on that side and just thrown it to him. Hitches, hitches, bang, bang. Give him as many catches as he can. Take the ball away from did you guys lose me? No. Get, no. Take the ball. Take the ball away from fucking um, Zeke Elliott. He was doing nothing. They they rushed him 15 times. He ran 31. He ran for 31 yards. He's not getting anything more than what he was getting. And as a Cowboys fan, seeing C.D. Lamb and seeing what he did last year and what he was doing this year, and seeing him not get the looks that he's supposed to, and then only in the fourth quarter when they started coming back, he all of a sudden starts getting looks again. It's a little ridiculous that Pease, even you. Like you said, you saw this from the comfort of your own home. Mike McCarthy saw didn't see this from the comfort of the fucking field. And it's 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 a little embarrassing that Troy Aikman has to who's literally played with top five receiver of all time and uh best running back of all time, arguably, right? And mm-hmm. he's the person that's telling you this and he didn't even watch your game. I'm sure he watched it after. I mean, yeah, sure. well, he didn't, sorry, he didn't, he didn't, he, he very clearly saw like the, the actual raw footage, like the 11 on 11, because, um, like the all 22 rather, because he, he had very detailed uh, information. Oh, but yeah, you're right, definitely. Terry. He's got, you got to get fresh ideas. Uh, less meathead, Mike McCarthy, more salad brain. More salad, salad brain. brain give me, give me, give me that guy, um, the offensive coordinator from the Niners, uh, McDaniel. He'll only go to states, he's only interviewing in states where marijuana is legal. No way. 
No way. 100%. I tried to find it. Was, it this was, guy's the it best. Was deleted. It was deleted, but it was a tweet about it last, uh, like two weeks ago. This guy's the best. I know. I, I couldn't find it to actually use it on the show, but whatever. Bad reporting. That's, it's everywhere. That's, un, that's oh. unfucking believable. Yeah. That, that's that's, like that's going to be a decision. That's going to be a decision. It wasn't, that like it wasn't his own tweet, but someone reported it and then and then took it down and I couldn't find it again. Well, for sure. I mean, it's a bad look for him, but like when it comes no, to guys I, like us, it's a good look. look. It is what it is. You like, you like some lettuce, bro. <laughs> no, it's a good look. I mean, listen. Brain. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you this. If you're, if, you're, if you're the Raiders and you're looking for, you're, you are looking for a coach. I mean, Bisacci did a good job getting them there, but I just don't think they see him as a future. Um, Terry, you're, you're making this the slowest rapid fire of all time. I know. Sorry, sorry. You sorry, stopped man. speaking. Okay, there you go. Um, but like, the fact that he's going to be doing this and he, we're going to actually, this is going to be a considerable fact of why he's making this decision. And the fact that, and like Oakland, they need a coach and then they hire him. They're looking to interview him. And then they're like, okay, but are you going to be high all the time? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah. They're like, all right, yeah. bring him in. Yeah. This can't be, can't be worse than what we had before. That's true. That's also true. John Gruden. Well, you don't have any emails or about anything, any racist emails. No, no, I'm not, good. Not that we know of yet. <laughs> I just smoke a ton of weed, so I might have forgotten I wrote those emails. But like, yeah. I had, and he's like, oh, yeah, I started cool. to put my phone away after I smoke, so therefore, <laughs> should be good. Should be good. All right, <laughs> next on the list, the big NO. The MLB has nixed a plan for the Expos and the Tampa Bay Rays to potentially share a stadium. Um, yeah. Terry, I'm going to go to you first since you're wearing the jersey. I am wearing the jersey for this reason. Um, I'm not surprised. I mean, as a billionaire, I wouldn't want to bring in my money into a, into a province that is is completely mismanaged. I mean, I think that the history, what we've seen in Quebec in the last few months during this pandemic, at the beginning, they handled it really well. But as a billionaire, you see this government and how they have a say in everybody's life and what everybody does with their lives. There's no reason why a billionaire should bring their money here. And they're not so, even they're not even funding. Like, there's no public money into this. And so- and the government and the city still have a say in everything they fucking do and who they take money from. If I was a billionaire and I was, do- and I was trying to make this move, I would stop it right now and hold the province accountable. So the, the end result is right. A lot of the information you have is entirely wrong about it. You can actually have right. some inside information. It's right. Uh, it's what it is. The, nope, I'm a conspiracy theorist and this it is what never, it is. It was never going to happen. First of all, the, the goal was Tampa Bay was trying to use this as a way, Tampa Bay and the MLB were trying to use this as a way to bully uh, Tampa into getting the money to uh, build a new stadium. Did it work? Because no stadiums can be built without public money. It's a major league baseball rule um, because oh, they I want like the city investment. Absolutely. Yeah, it's but how much How much do they have to invest? Um, I, that much I don't know, but I, I do know that it is part of the ownership agreement that if you agree okay. to be a team, if you agree to have a team, there's a certain amount that's allocated that has to come from your the, from your community. Okay, I get it. Montreal is working on getting that. The Bronfins are working on getting that. Um, in fact, based, someone who's heavily involved in the project has said it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to get the money at some point. Um, and the, the people that I know inside baseball say that it's going to be – Montreal will have a team within 10 years. So this was an opportunity to try and, like, test the waters to see – how quickly Montreal can mobilize to get the money. Also, maybe push the gas because if they got the go-ahead, maybe instead of 10 years, this becomes two or three years. You know what I mean? So um, all of this was politicking, but none of it had to do with specific Quebec politics. It just had to do with Major League Baseball politics. Billionaires care about billionaires and only billionaires. No, no, but I'm saying, and I I agree with you, obviously, but I'm saying this as more of like a, 
as an observation is if if I'm a billionaire, I'm not bringing my money here like, you know, because it just it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Yeah, but, but something doesn't ha- have something happens when his, his money is here. No, but the thing is, is that nobody's willing to put it up. Quebec is known to be cheap. Quebec businessmen are known to be cheap. Nobody's yeah. willing to put up all the money. Bronfen is not willing to put up all the money, even though they have well, a junk. Nobody, nobody, no owner in, in sports now does. Like the days of Jerry Jones and, and Al Davis don't exist anymore. I mean, they had, but the thing is, they had to buy the team, or else they would probably would have to pay the exact same amount of taxes. You know what I mean? So like, they had yeah. to do certain things. Well, Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer is a good example of exactly the few guys, and like that's not even billionaire. That's like next level status, right? That's like, like there's fuck you money, and then there's like. Fuck your mother money. You know what I mean? There's, then there's fuck the world money. <laughs> yeah, Steve That's Ballmer Steve has Ballmer fuck has. your mother money. And then other people. And then, like, the guys in Saudi Arabia have, like, fuck the world money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Next. All right. From Big House to Death Star. After squashing rumors of going to the Miami Dolphins, more recently we have information that Jim Harbaugh might be in line as the next coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Makes Question, sense to Mark. me. The Raiders uh, are looking to make a splash. They have a they have a uh, propensity to look for the big name. Harbaugh is a big name. They're going to pay a lot of money for the head coach. They're going to um, pay more and, than they paid Derek Carr. Uh, well, it'll be probably on par with what they paid John Gruden. Uh, remember, it was a hundred million for ten years. Ten years. Is what they gave John Gruden. Uh, but and Jim, honestly, and, and John, John, Jim Harbaugh shouldn't accept a penny less than that. Yeah, and and well, here the thing From is, the is that. I think Harbaugh is staying at Michigan, and this is his agent basically using NFL owners to get as much money out of Michigan as possible. No, I think he's coming to the NFL. I think he's. I think he will be coming to the NFL. I just don't see a successful um, uh, tenure in Oakland. I do see a successful tenure in Miami for Jim Harbaugh, though, I will say. Uh, they're both bad organizations, so Awful. probably not. Awful. Um, but – no, it's, to me, this is this is all a money play. It's it's all it's always been about money from the beginning, and it's gonna be. Yep, and that's all it is. I agree. All right, next, speaking of money, Big Red Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians has been fined fifty thousand dollars for slapping a player on the back of his helmet in anger during the game. As to I which, saw that. and I'll get the joke first. Only fifty k, because Urban Meyer costed him forty million. <laughs> what's a what's a kick versus a versus a slap, right? Bruce Arians is the type of football coach that I like. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I get, well, I, I get on a coaching standpoint. Yeah, on a coaching standpoint, like, and I don't mind the um, the slapping on the head. I mean, I grew up when I grew up playing football. I don't know if you played football when you were growing up, but like, you know, the chin straps on your helmet. I was a basketball my, dude, but yeah, yeah. My coach uh, used to carry one around, and it has metal, like the clips onto the helmet. They're metal. And if you slap somebody's helmet, it rings in there. So our coach used to walk around practice, and if you didn't do your drill right, he would ding you on the head. So a ding in your head all day. Like, like I'd probably get it like three times a practice. Each player would get it at least once a practice. He said that everybody has to fix something every practice, and we sucked. We were awful that year. And uh, I'd liked, and I and I and I and I liked that that mentality because he wasn't like abusing us. It was just like hey, a little ring in your hair for like in your ear for like two seconds and it'll go away. A slap to the helmet when you're getting hit by 300 pound men, a little slap to the helmet by your coach does not affect you. Uh, so I don't disagree necessarily. I think, I think, um, I think Arians is a bit of an asshole um, based on a lot of things that were reported throughout the season, making Chris Godwin run sprints on a torn ACL. Yeah. You're not a good dude. Pretty man. shitty. Sorry. Pretty shitty. Yeah. Um, he's, old know, he's old school. He's old school. 
yeah um but we're no longer in that time and i i, I don't think there's a reason to be putting a hand on players because here's the thing what happens if the player turns around and hits bruce bruce arians he loses his job right Instantly. well he doesn't well he also doesn't have he never helmet, plays again so. he never plays again but so Maybe. to me that's a it's a power imbalance where you have um the coach it's it's not as bad as it is in in collegiate sports because those are kids and they're not pro athletes but here too the the pro athlete uh has no recourse there's nothing they can do their lives are completely controlled by this person and that person can can also use physical control and we're seeing what's happening in the NHL when that gets pushed to the absolute worst possible uh part of it i'm not that saying does- that doesn't I'm not saying in any way them. that what Bruce did equates to, to, to the Kyle Beach story. What I'm saying is just don't touch players. And there you go. You just never sure. reason to have a physical altercation. Sure. But the thing is, is that like you, you've never played in football. Like you play basketball, you're getting reamed out by your coach. In football, it's like it's a thing to like. Yeah, to but it doesn't be... mean it has to be a thing. Like, like in it, but hockey, I don't see it as, in hockey, see it as a bad thing. thing, right? I don't see it as a bad thing to smack a player on the helmet if you fuck but what up. What if a player on your team does? It's a different story when you're talking about somebody who's the leader of the team, who's the coach, the manager, the boss, and everything. He's not, and the, he's, boss. He's not the boss. He, he, he is the boss. He the players. Bruce Arians where they were, Tom Brady. Where they were physically on the field, Bruce Arians is the commander-in-chief. He's the boss. He's the guy who not, makes every not, single that's decision. That's not true anymore. That's not true anymore. Because, again, very if, true. Tom Brady, if Tom Brady goes into the office and says, I want a new head coach, he gets a new head coach. That's exactly. Into the office. But he's not making that call on the field. On the field, Bruce Arians owns all. Every single thing. All of it. If I after the game, after the game, if they want to go back, after the game, if they want to go back and complain, and Tom Brady wants to say, "I want a new coach," then he has the right to do that. And Tom Brady will most likely get that new coach. I mean, there's no doubt about it. LeBron James has done it. Uh, Peyton Manning has done it. Like, like these are the types of guys who will get a new coach. But it doesn't ex- it doesn't take away the fact that Bruce Arians, all he was trying to do, regardless of his method, was motivate that one individual to not fuck see- up. You're saying regardless of the method. I'm saying regardful of the method. I'm saying you don't need that method. There's other the, ways to do it. There's not, there's I, not a reason. The video that, we, that I saw was him yelling at the kid, okay, smacking him in the helmet and yelling at him more. Yeah. That is literally 1% of what this kid has experienced his entire life by a coach. 1% of what he's experienced. He's probably right. experienced coming up probably much worse, and he's okay with it. He didn't get slapped on the ass. He didn't get kicked in the dick. He didn't get punched in the face. He didn't get Mm -hmm. uh, uh, verbally abused. He didn't get uh, he didn't get uh, ripped in in front of the media. He wasn't wasn't told he was a loser. He was told, "Hey, don't fuck up again. Bang, get it right the next time." Zero wrong with that. Zero. And we're gonna disagree because you're not a conflict kind of guy. You're not a physical conflict uh, altercation kind of guy. Or maybe I grew up a little bit more feisty. But at the end of the day, what he did was, oh, complete, no, was completely I, necessary I in the situation. No, but you, you're getting it wrong because I, I was a conflict kind of guy. But here's the thing. It's not 1996 anymore. It's 2021. Exactly. I've made that uh, choice in my life and I've made the, 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 those decisions in my life and I've recognized the time that exists now. We because you're not, that- you're not, you're also not in an occupation that requires physicality. This guy goes out there and, and like I was saying before, he puts his body through the test. Everything, okay, everything. Mm-hmm. He gets smacked, rolled, all of it. He goes to the bench. His coach is giving him a new, is ripping him a new asshole, and he gets a smack on the head. You think he realizes that I got smacked in the head? 
You think he's like, oh, I got smacked the head. I'm so mad. He's literally thinking about all the mistakes that he's made or what he's going to fix for the next couple of plays. He doesn't care. If the player was upset about it, then yes, I can, I can understand the backlash. But if that player isn't upset about it, there's, there's nothing we're talking about. He got fined because likely they have a rule that says you can't do it. There's, no, there's, definitely, no there's definitely a rule, and I'm not denying the fine. I'm saying if he wants to get fined, that's fine. But there's nothing wrong with what he did. The league put those rules in place because it's the climate that we're living in nowadays. Like people well, are again, but, more but again, or less like, because it's a, because it's a because it's a workplace, and like if you don't want it to get if you don't want it to get to the terrible awful places of Kyle Beach, one of the ways you can curtail it is there's no physical use... contact between players and coaches. You're talking. You're talking to complete. You're talking about a guy getting disciplined with a smack on the helmet to a guy being forcefully. Uh, uh, I literally molested. said, but I literally said it's the opposite spectrum. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't. I missed that. Part. I said that, but the thing is, is that like one way to curtail that, one way to avoid having things get worse, is to say, even when these things are small, we're going to fine you, which is what the NFL is doing. Yeah. Even if it's a small, even know, if it's and they're fine. Listen, Bruce Arians knew the rule. He knew what was going to happen to him. There's nothing wrong with that. He got yeah. fine. Fine. He got fine. He broke the rule. He got fine. That's the rule. You can't complain about the rule having after knowing the rule, like while, uh, while breaking it while knowing the rule. And he did. Tell, he tell the Raiders fans in the tuck rule. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and our last rapid fire for today: every rose has its thorn. Um, really uh, cementing the message that anyone could potentially date Kim Kardashian or Megan Fox. Machine Gun Kelly has recently gotten engaged to Megan Fox. Um, and the ring he has given her has thorns on the inside of it, such that if she tries to remove it, it's going to hurt her because, quote, love should hurt. What happened to the MGK that I liked? This was always the guy, probably. He just, he, he just didn't know yet. He decided to pull a rap battle with one of the best rappers of all time and lost miserably. I mean, that's not even it. I mean, he's still... He didn't that's lose where it started, because of that. It got to his head. No, I mean... No, he hasn't, he hasn't lost any fandom because of that. I think that he went... He introduced himself into a battle. He lost against one of the best. And that's it. But I think MGK, he just kind of doesn't give a shit about anybody, which is fine. Like you see the way he dresses. If anybody dresses like that, you, that, that person gives zero fucks about you. And But this is like... How insecure do you have to be where you have to put like a chastity belt on your wife? But also... <laughs> how, like, so... Um, when... Mind you, they, they're probably not doing their own dishes, but when I do the dishes, I take my wedding ring off because, like, it's not comfortable with it sliding around with, the, like, water and soap and stuff. And so that's what I was thinking is, like, there's not a circumstance where she takes off the ring to, like, do something? Or is it just that I don't understand rich people life? I mean, rich people life is a very – she's going to just cut off her finger, then sew it back on. You know what I mean? Like, that's – there has to be a way for this ring to come off. It can't just not come off. Do you – um? The uh, w when you were married, Terry, did you have anything written on the inside of your on the inside no. of your ring? Absolutely. I got um, my wife and I both have. It's just soup. Perfect. Uh, the reason the reason why was like uh, while we're you know like the year of the wedding, everything's super stressful. We're like we're getting into an argument about something that doesn't matter, like over the phone, right? Like we're just like some wedding detail. It's really bothering me, or it's really bothering her, and we're really getting into it. I to this day I couldn't tell you what it was about. Um, and then in that moment, like. No, there's like you, you reach that point in the argument where no one's saying anything. It's just this like tense silence. And in the meantime, while I was talking to her, I reheated some soup, and I t and I I tasted it, and I was like, the soup is good. And then she's like, what are you talking about? What fucking soup? And I was like, it's just soup. 
I'm just talking about the soup from this week. Just the soup. The soup is and delicious. Then, and so we, we kind of we kind of made that like a thing between us that like most of most fights in life are just soup. They're not things soup. actually worth fighting about. It's don't all cry, just soup. don't cry over spilled spilled milk and leave well enough alone. Those are my yeah. two things. Leave delicious soup in the bowl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Eagle, thank you for everything you've done today. Terry, thank you for the arguments. I always like going toe to toe. Um, thank you everyone for watching. For those who have not yet. Uh, subscribe please do so uh any of the podcasts that you like uh make sure that you subscribe to them you rate you review them it's really important to people like us so whether it's us or anyone else out there make sure you give them a follow you subscribe do all those wonderful things thank you all for letting me be myself